Hello, everybody. Dave Neal here, stand-up comic, and this is Bachelor Rush Hour. Happy Hump Day to everyone out there. November 16th, one week from Thanksgiving Eve, the best holiday of the year. That's right, folks. Get your stuffing and cranberry sauce ready. We're going to serve this Thanksgiving dinner with some tea. That's right. Lots to get into in the Bachelor Nation news world, along with a non-Bachelor Christmas war story. That's right. I've got Candace Cameron, sister of wacko Kurt Cameron of Growing Pains. Wonder Years, one of those shows. Growing Pains, sure. Anyway, she's taking war to the next level with Christmas movies. That's right. She's the chief creative officer of a new Christmas movie channel. It's called something crazy like traditional Christmas movies, uh, you know, Bald Eagles, Go USA, Anti-Socialist, whatever it is. And it's there for promoting Christian values. And that has pissed off a lot of people like Jojo Siwa. There's a whole war breaking out. I've got that story for you. You're going to like it no matter what side you fall on. It's interesting. And also we have a Bachelor in Paradise recap of last night's episode. Things are heating up. And not only are they heating up, they're spilling onto the streets. That's right. Justice for Logan. I've got a whole nother video about Logan and uh, how his good name has been besmirched by the likes of Rachel Recchia. She's Recchia'd his good name. So we'll get into that story, plus a late breaking story of Vinny Guadagnino and Gabby Windy. Are they possibly together? Oh my gosh. So much to get into. So little time. Let's start it off right here, folks. This is Bachelor Rush Hour, and our first clip of the day is Bachelor in Paradise Recap. All right, let's jump right into it. We open on everyone being happy. That's that's nice when everyone's like happy, having a good time. You're like, well, someone's going to throw a little bit of a wrench into this system. Logan says he feels like he got through the tough part. Careful, Logan. That's when the drama starts. Logan's like, oh boy, we made it out alive. And they're like, bring down your ex-girlfriends. Gabby and Rachel arrive. The other women scream when they see their engagement rings, like baby dinosaurs being born. You know, the whole deal. We have to remember during this taping, Gabby and Rachel are happily engaged, or at least engaged. We don't know if they're happy. So they shouldn't critique any of the men, right? They should be engaged. They should be worried about their love life. They praise Tyler. So good for him. I find it hard to understand how Rachel and Gabby could properly determine which guys were ready for engagements. I mean, maybe they just weren't ready for you, right? Uh, Someone can be bad in one relationship and good in another. Maybe wasn't ready for Rachel or wasn't for Gabby. Either way, um, them coming down there as the experts that they are was uh, pretty much, uh, you know, was like uh, spoiled milk. It lasted a few days and now they're back to uh, no engagement rings, which is perfectly fine. I mean, no one finds love on this show anyway, right? All right. So anyway, Logan mentions to the guys that he dated Rachel, then Gabby, then Shanae, then Kate. So he's a little worried about receipts being exchanged, as it were, aren't we all? Gabby and Rachel chit-chat on the beach with Kate. Kate goes, obviously, uh, he, she, Kate says, Logan's tall and hot. There's a pull to him. So, of course, for all the reasons Kate hates Logan, because she's shallow, she also likes Logan because she's shallow. Well, he's tall, so he's going to look good in Instagram photos, but unless we take photos in his car, and then it's not going to look good because it's, you know, not, I don't know. 
know, a Lamborghini or whatever she needs. Rachel feels like Logan had too much power. Gabby says Logan has an ego because he flip-flopped. Rachel says she doesn't respect Logan and doesn't think Logan has changed. How the hell would Rachel know if Logan has changed? It's been like a couple days. Logan's like, changed? I haven't even changed my underwear. Are you kidding me? I've got skid marks all over the place. Changed? Why would he change? It's been days. You know what I mean? He hasn't even watched his own season back yet. He went straight into paradise. And how would she know? Eh, I, I, I digress. I, I could get into it. We will. More videos coming. Logan says a warning was heated. And I love this old English speak on the beach by Logan. A warning was heated, he says. Logan may just be a time traveler stuck in a weird portal, right? He's just some time traveler from some Elizabethan era. Maybe his, uh, maybe his time traveling vessel broke while in Amsterdam. I'm not sure, but I'm on to you, Logan. Meanwhile, Aaron and Genevieve begin fighting again about itching and pain. Genevieve has her bags packed and ready to leave. The the sound guy, Bruce, boom operator, he's got to listen to the whole thing. It's a real mess for these these crew. The, everyone's like, oh, the contestants need therapy. The crew need therapy. They're the ones who are really suffering. Uh, Genevieve has her bags packed. She says, get me a car, please, or I'll hit you like, all right, pull a Colton. Let's see how big the fence is. Aaron tells Genevieve she looks upset, and then she really gets upset. Yeah, never tell someone they look upset. Oh, you look like you're getting mad. You look like you're about to throw something at me. You're about to punch me in the nose. You know. Aaron says his intention was to try and make her feel better. Then he says she snapped at him. Yikes, city to both. We have more on the Aaron story. Make sure to hit the subscribe button. My next video uh, is going to be a wild one. They hug it out after their fight. And then, of course, after they hug it out, the uh, that nice music plays, you know, that nice piano music. How bad do you feel for the composer? Someone's playing the piano to this muck and they have to like learn how to play, like elicit some feelings from this, you know, Jersey Shore like cast. And they were like Juilliard, top of their class. They're like, "How's how's the music going? Are you gonna release an album? Are you gonna, you know, uh, are you gonna go on tour with Michael Bublé? No, I'm actually playing the um, the uh, G chords for when so and so is in the boom boom room. Uh, G chords? I don't know what is it. <laughs> I'm playing to the um, pentatonic scales while so and so's finger blasting. Okay, Tyler and Brittany Galvin go on their first date together. Brittany gushes over Tyler, says it's. Uh, let's see, I don't even think I have a photo of this. No, I don't. Uh, Brittany gushes over Tyler, says it's one of the best dates she's ever been on. She says she is falling in love with Tyler. We'll have to see how this plays out on the after show next week because I don't think love necessarily makes it too far off the beach, but we'll have to see. Becca and Thomas arrive. They will be hosting a 90s-themed Sadie Hawkins dance. All the ladies find new and dumb ways to ask their guys to the dance. Then Kate grills Logan. He says he is out of breath trying to convince and explain who he is. Yeah, poor Logan. Everyone pray for Logan. Meanwhile, the 90s dance is a blast. It's a good time. Everyone's having fun. Makes you feel old, right? Isn't it old when 90s becomes nostalgic? You're like, nostalgic? I have a Nokia brick phone with 63% battery left. You know, I haven't charged that thing since the Reagan era. Meanwhile, <laughs> it isn't a 90s dance party without the emo girl feeling sad, and that is Jasenia. Uh, she looks adorable, She, but she's in a rough spot. Jasenia's in a rough spot. She wants something from Andrew that he just cannot provide. Look, if this whole party was a mall, Jasenia would have just left Claire's after getting her upper ear pierced. She grabbed an Annie's pretzel and is being consoled by her friends near a giant water fountain that smells like chlorine and ass. 
Someone crushes a can of Surge energy drink, and then they go and make out all day. It, if this was a 90s mall. Jacenia pulls, oh boy, a time to be alive. I'll tell you that. Jacenia, now everyone's at the mall being like, did you do my be real yet? Oh, you know, whatever. Jacenia pulls Andrew aside to talk. You know, back in the 90s, we were, we were, we were real men at the mall. We were all shoplifting Victoria's Secret underwear like you do. Do you? I don't know. Um, some studded, you know, uh, belts from Hot Topic. All right, bro. You never want a lady say. Okay, so Jacinia pulls Andrew aside to talk. Asks him what his goal is in Paradise. Andrew. She's like, "What's your goal in Paradise, Andrew?" And I'm like, "Listen, Andrew. You never want a lady saying your full name at the end of a sentence. That's what you don't want." She'd be like, "Hey, Andrew, how are you? Fine. What'd you do last night, Andrew? No, no, no. You don't want that. When Tasha, my wife, calls me Dave, it's like a punch into my soul." Really? That's how you want to have this conversation, Dave? No, don't do that. Don't say my name. <laughs> Come on. Oh, we're good. What do you need? All right. Uh, <laughs> Jasenia is mad that Andrew has strong bro friendships on the beach. Andrew says he isn't in the right place. He has hope for love. NC says, if you care to pursue a relationship with me, walk away from the convo with Jasenia. Uh, she 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 gives him an ultimatum like she's a uh, uh, jigsaw from that uh, what's that what's that scary movie uh, saw no what's it called either way she's like if you want to pursue a relationship with me walk away now or else I will you know whatever Andrew is stuck in an ultimatum NC says so you want me to sit on the sidelines Andrew says I'll come get you in a second NC says I don't know if I want to so they're playing this power trip where she wants the attention and she feels like and hey, look we don't know maybe Andrew was talking to Jacenia for an hour and NC's like um hello cut the cord and get out of there it's like bro not the 90s party you want although this is how a high school dance normally goes in the 90s Andrew tells Jacenia his heart is still with someone else with Teddy now NC is upset she says she's given Andrew enough chances but he was still putting out his last fires Andrew is apologizing to NC now bro is busy out there apologizing Andrew is exhausted someone get him some liquid IV he's uh, very very exhausted and probably drunk like everyone else there Andrew says he tried to be a great guy and says he has to leave paradise. NC says she doesn't think he's a bad guy. And is like, bro, I feel for Andrew. NC is begging Andrew to stay and she won't stop begging him. But he says he has to go. She breaks down crying once he walks away. Andrew is bouncing. He says, bye. Flo tries to comfort him. Michael says goodbye. Wow. Fun party, guys. <laughs> You know what they say, Bachelor in Paradise was the best of times, and it was the worst of times, and we get to see a tough moment there, a 90s night. All right, here's a non-Bachelor story, as promised. It's the war on Christmas. Let's have a listen. So JoJo Siwa just posted this yesterday on her Instagram story, which is a screen grab of a Candace Cameron article that's titled, Candace Cameron Burr's Plans for New Cable Channel. No gays. That's what it says. And then here's JoJo's response to this. And as we know, you might not remember this. JoJo Siwa had beef with Candace Cameron because Candace Cameron snubbed her on a red carpet years ago. So they had it back and forth. They were kind of they kind of had this resolution like, oh, no hurt feelings. So JoJo says this. Honestly, I can't believe after everything that went down just a few months ago that she would not only create a movie with intention of excluding LGBTQIA+, but then also talk about it in the press. This is rude and hurtful to a whole community of people. Well, as I like to do, I like to read exactly what Candace said so that we can get an actual sort of view because clearly Candace Cameron didn't say no gays, but did she imply that? Honest question. Here's what was in the Wall Street Journal. Here's what Candace Cameron had to say. In recent years, the actress has reigned as the secular Christmas rom-com queen of the Hallmark Channel, which of course we know people do Christmas movies when they need to, you know, when their career's dying because everyone will watch a Christmas movie. But earlier 
this year, she left the TV movie giant for a more sweeping role at Great American Family, an upstart cable channel that is positioning itself as the God and Country alternative for holiday entertainment. My heart wants to tell stories that have more meaning and purpose and depth behind them, said Candace Cameron Burr, who is 46 years old. I knew that the people behind Great American Family were Christians that loved the Lord and wanted to promote faith programming and good family entertainment. So far, that's, you know, you could roll your eyes at that, but that's perfectly fine. Promoting one thing isn't necessarily excluding another. Christmas movies on the small screen represent a booming business generating at least $500 million in ad revenue each year, according to industry analysts. These days, the genre that Hallmark pioneered is everywhere, from major streaming platforms like Netflix to more niche channels like the Food Network and HGTV. While the movies may differ, most share an abiding reluctance to dwell on Christianity. Oh, a reluctance? I don't know about that. I mean, every movie's different, right? Every you know, every movie's got a different theme to it. Great American Family enters the scene with the op- op- opposite point of view. With a name that conjures red state pride and content that's embracing faith, the channel is presenting itself as the choice for Christians who think Hollywood is ruining Christmas. Candace Cameron Burr, a former child star best known as DJ Tanner from Full House, is the religious influ- influencer who serves as its face. Now, on one hand, you could say, look, if someone's pro-Christian, great, that's fine. On the other, you could say, well, by being pro one thing, you're anti something else. Why can't we exist in a world where someone's pro Jesus as their savior and whatever Christianity comes with, but not be pro um, taking away rights for gays and other minority classes? You know what I mean? So um, when some people have talked about traditional family values, I found this comment interesting. When Candace says traditional, how traditional would she like to go? Keeping sex slaves like King Solomon? Should those aforementioned slaves submit to their master? Should your wife have a slave that you can use as a sex slave? Uh, so these are different biblical quotes. So when we get into this dodgy biblical area, we start to wonder, what do you mean by traditional? Like, where do you want to roll back? It's almost like the idea of making America great. Great for who? Great when? You know, these are actual questions we have to ask. I know this will trigger some people, but these are good questions to ask. So I almost forgot that Candace has an older brother or a younger older brother named Kirk Cameron. Now you guys obviously, or might not, but he was a, a child star and he's kind of wild. Here's what Candace's brother had to say about the hurricanes in New Orleans, Louisiana. You know, Harvey, they say was a once in a lifetime event because the destruction was unprecedented with that hurricane. There's another one coming up that they say is now the largest recorded hurricane on the Atlantic. This is Irma. And the devastation from that, we don't know uh, how, how much that's going to be. But how should we look at two giant hurricanes coming back to back like this? Should we just, do, do we write them off as global warming maybe? coincidence? Do we write it off as a, a statistical anomaly? Wow, uh, who would have who would have thought? Is it is it just Mother Nature in a bad mood? I don't know how you think about it, but I think it could be something much more than all of that. Uh, I'm going to look in here in in, uh, in God's Word and read to you from Job. In Job 37, uh, God says through Job, um, He saturates clouds with moisture. Okay, so He's, so so <laughs> we don't need to go into how uh, how uh, God feels about uh, cloud structure here, but the idea being that He's using uh, hurricanes as a reason to say that God's punishing people in those regions of the country. So uh, the moral barometer with His family is a little skewed, in my opinion. 
But at the same time, if Candace Cameron Burr wants to go make movies about um, heterosexual love stories, I think that's perfectly fine. I don't think she had to say anything about it. I think what what's happening is they're marketing it under like the the anti woke, the anti progressive traditional values. Put Christmas, put Christians back into Christmas type of thing, which I just don't think has to exist. So we've had responses to what JoJo has said. Jody Sweden, uh, which is um, uh, DJ Tanner's younger sister, uh, uh, Candace uh, Candace's friend and coworker on Fuller House, uh, apparently shades Candace Cameron's traditional marriage remarks and supports Jojo Siwa. She said, you know, I love you um, to um, to Jojo. And um, look, I mean, uh, Jojo, it, it, it's, it's, the, she's obviously got a personal beef with Cameron, but there's other people getting into this story. Hillary Burton calls Candace Cameron Burt disgusting for LGBTQ exclusionary Christmas movies. You ride that prejudice wave all the way to the bank. And like I said, I just think there's room, I think there's room for everybody when it comes to Christmas movies. Um, so I don't, I don't know why Candace had to even like sort of jockey the position of her great American channel or whatever it's called. But here's what Hillary had to say. Now they're just openly admitting their bigotry. I called this stuff out years ago when Abbott was at Hallmark. Glad they dumped him. Being LGBTQ isn't a trend. That guy and his network are disgusting. You too, Candy. There's nothing untraditional about same-sex couples. And what's important about sharing love stories that look different than a traditional, I use it in quotes, love story is to provide representation for people so that they can see on the screen something that exists out there, a whole new market. I mean, we just got our first like age, like like a Crazy Rich Asians was our first like big blockbuster Asian film. There's um, the Black Panther and so many different uh, movies that don't cater to maybe a white-centric storyline, and that's threatening to some people, and it just doesn't have to be. It just doesn't have to be. Um, so uh, Natasha Burr, Candace's daughter, praises her mom for her faith being bold amid the backlash. So look, I mean, could Candace have um, uh, had better PR regarding this? Yes, but did she get what she wanted, which is sort of like a faux culture war that's going to drive traffic to a new network? Absolutely. She absolutely is getting what she wanted out there. You know, so very fascinating. Tons of comments regarding this story. I'd love to know what you guys think. Leave a comment. I wanted to share this with you, though. This idea that Hallmark's gone woke or gone too, uh, too far against Christianity, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So here are all the Christmas movies that came out in 2021 at Hallmark. And by the way, the first same-sex Christmas movie that Walmart's ever made comes out this year, 2022. So it's not like they've got this crazy culture of only promoting gay Christmas movies. There's just some inclusivity. It's a good thing. You get to decide what you want to watch with your clicker just like everybody else. I don't know about you guys, but when I go to look for Christmas movies, and we watch probably 50 of them every year, I love a good Christmas movie. I love how cheesy they are. I love the bad production value, the horrible acting. I love everything about it, right? We go on Amazon, we go on Hulu, we go on Netflix, we go all over the place to find whatever we want to watch. We don't have content jammed down our throats. So this idea that we're being, we have gay love stories being jammed down your throats, that's just, 
that's just fear mongering. It doesn't exist. That, that that's just not the reality. Who I mean, who only goes to the Hallmark Channel to watch content, right? So anyway, uh, here's a love story um, that seems heterosexual. Um, here's a love story that seems interracial. Are we? Is that part of the problem with traditional having a love story that might have a couple Asian leads? Is that a problem for some people out there? I'm seeing another heterosexual love story. Heterosexual love story. Um, here's a um, African American love story. Uh, here's what appears to be a heterosexual love story. The Christmas promise. I don't know. It looks heterosexual to me. Um, another heterosexual white couple. So, uh, so far I'm seeing about 90, by the way, gingerbread miracle. That looks like a good one. I'm seeing about 90% of the show of the movies from last year. look like they're just basic white heterosexual love stories. Here's an African American love story. I mean, you hate to pick them apart like this, but do we have a problem here or is Candace Cameron just creating some divide because it's going to drive traffic to her new network. You know what I mean? 40 different movies. Not one of them actually has a gay lead here. I'm sorry, a gay, a gay, like centric love story. I don't know, folks. Look, consume whatever content you want out there. But whenever anyone tries to sell you on fear, oh, they're going to take away our jobs. Oh, they're going to steal this from us. They're, they're railing against Christianity. Whenever you see any of that, just know somebody's manipulating you, and uh, and it's uh, and it's uh, and it's all uh, for cause to divide. Um, as far as if I had to ref between uh, JoJo and Candace, I'm sure Candace's comments are more nuanced than than what JoJo shared, which was you know this right here. Candace Cameron says no gays. It's a I'm sure it's more nuanced, but not much. Candace knows exactly what she's doing, and um, it's you know, pretty dangerous in my book, uh, support whatever content you guys want to watch. And with that said, I appreciate you supporting my content. Thank you guys so much for all the ratings, reviews, the likes, the follows, subscriptions. I appreciate all of the different ways you've shared us with your community. If you haven't already, make sure on your iPhone to click the rate and review button and leave us a nice review. It helps the algorithm and keeps us trending in all the charts, and we would love that. All right, our next video, this is fascinating, is a clip that we posted today. I was debating whether or not to play this on the podcast because it's a lot of just me reading text messages, but it's pretty wild stuff. Two different ladies that Aaron Clancy was seeing before going on Paradise shared their text messages, and it doesn't look good for him. Let's get into the story right now. Aaron's other lover. Game of Roses posted that Aaron Clancy is one of the best players Paradise has ever seen. And then Jen Parisi, who's currently with Aaron on Bachelor in Paradise, we'll see how that plays out, says creating drama from nothing at someone else's expense who actually has a heart and isn't playing a game shouldn't be praised. That's sad. Now we have a response. Of course, this is the information that Reality Steve brought out. He blurred the other ladies' names. So he shared this photo right here. Of course, go to realitysteve.com to get the full story. Um, there was question about which woman was from before the season versus after. And it looked like he had uh, relations with the same two women before the season. Now, that would be okay. I'm not here to judge. Let's see what the ladies had to say as they called each other out. So Reality Steve has all of their text messages. I'll read them in a second. So he calls them A and B, Amy and Beth. Those are their pseudonyms. Beth reached out to Reality Steve after he ran his story last week. He had a FaceTime conversation with her yesterday. She started seeing Aaron in September of last year, right when last season of Paradise was airing. They dated through September through around November when they broke it off. January of this year, they rekindled and started dating again, but this time more serious. So that implies 
implies that they were very casual at first. He even helped raise her dog with her, which she provided pics of, and Beth tells me they were basically together all the time from January through May, a couple weeks before he left for paradise. Totally fine. Uh, You know, you can be with somebody before you go on the show. Well, that is when she wasn't out of town on a girl's trip or traveling for fun, because during those times, Aaron was still seeing Amy. The overlap is undeniable, and you'll see it that it's undeniable because once Aaron went off to film Bachelor in Paradise in June, Beth had known Amy was in the picture, but was always assured by Aaron that Amy was just a friend and nothing was going on, yet he was telling Amy the same thing about Beth. Okay, now we're getting interesting. So he's telling each ladies, Amy and Beth, that the other one is nothing to be worried about while he's seeing the other one. Oh, the, an old parent trap situation here. Beth reached out to Amy in June because she felt she needed to know. And once they started swapping stories and timelines, they realized they were both being played. This is the conversation between Amy and Beth. Da-dum. It doesn't seem like law and order. This is the conversation. Da-dum. Somebody had asked like if it wasn't was fabricated because the text messages looked weird. Apparently, it's because they were texting through Facebook. All right. I'm sorry to ask this and please don't feel like you need to share anything with me, but are you already aware of a time that there was overlap? I'm trying to understand your last message. I know there has been some gray area, but I suppose I wasn't aware if he was ever talking to us intimately at the same time, or maybe that's not what you meant. I just didn't really understand. But again, don't want to overstep to keep things very candid. I know you two have talked and spent time together, but I was told that it has been completely platonic since him and I first started seeing each other last year. That doesn't seem to be the case based on your last message, which is where I'm coming from. And this is where the text begin to get exchanged the response i only want to be fair and honest with you because being put in this situation sucks for the both of us i didn't mean to step on your toes and if i did i'm sorry but again being honest because you deserve the truth too our relationship was way more than platonic he told me the same thing about you that you were just friends and there wasn't anything there and even recently he said the same thing that's why i was also so questionable because i could tell he wasn't being honest but yes, I can positively say say there was overlap and other times a little too close for comfort, but used the we're just friends excuse. And if he told you we have always had a platonic relationship since last year, he is completely lying to you. The response, you are definitely not overstepping. I truly appreciate the honesty, even if this is the outcome. I would much rather prefer to know the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Of course, I always had a gut feeling, as I'm sure you did, but he has always been so direct and intense about ju- about you two just being friends. This makes way more sense, though. I'm sorry he put us in this situation. Just looking back, it is insane how much he blatantly lied to both of us about this. I'm so glad we're both on the same page. I can't believe he told you that. He pretty much helped me raise my puppy from like January to middle of May. We were talking every day and seeing each other almost every day besides of either of us were out of town so messed up that he put us in this situation i am and i am so beyond sorry the response omg and then the response to that we'll get into that in a second whenever someone says omg we like to play the button literally my exact reaction is the response there and um and then they said and then told me he wanted to go on paradise but stay with me and i was like absolutely not just so effed up I was with him, of course, in January, but also stayed over with him a few nights over the following months and started more heavily talking to him again in April. By then, though, when he left for Paradise, I was with him every day. But because I didn't want to be in a serious relationship with him, when we talked about Paradise, I was fine with him going and was prepared for that. So one person saying, and again, we're trying to just like see this from the most objectionable place in the world. Is that a word? Is that one person saying, that said that she was okay with him going because she didn't want anything serious. So on one end, we have one of the people that seemed to be okay with the timeline of him dating other people, or at least maybe she thought she was exclusive until he went to paradise. 
maybe Aaron thought that because she was okay with him going to paradise, he could white lie about this other relationship he's in. Again, I don't know, folks. This is um this is a lot. This is so effed up. I'm so sorry too. And then the response that is crazy to me. So manipulative. Yeah, his excuse was always we've been friends for a long time, and I noticed now he was just saying him and I were friends too, so we wouldn't get caught. I honestly kind of shocked right now at how he pulled this off. And I'm well, I guess he didn't pull it off. Uh, and uh, I'm sure you know better than me, but I'm pretty sure there is a rumor of him doing this to his ex too. Same. I knew. I knew like deep down, but I always gave him the benefit of the doubt. Like looking back, I really should have just stuck with my gut. The response is, yeah, this is a shocking, of course, for you and I, but I am not shocked by him. I totally get that. It's hard when you really care about someone and want to believe the best. I probably would have never known if it weren't for this conversation. It's insane because he said the only time you guys hung out was once when you came over to apologize for some drunk guy calling him a D-bag at the bar, but nothing happened. And then after that, he only ever saw you out, but it wasn't planned. That is, in all caps, psycho. The response, dot, 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 dot. And then I think, uh, in getting to the end, it sounds like he has been saying the same exact thing to both of us on and off since last year. He totally has. He literally kept telling, uh, we're just friends. You're acting like something is more than it is to make it seem like I always was overthinking or being crazy when he was lying the whole time. Like when I wasn't there, he used you to fill that void. And when you weren't there, he used me to fill that void. That is 100% how I'm feeling right now. Voids being filled. So horrible. I'll probably never speak to him again. Same. So they both agreed that they would never speak to him again. And as reality Steve showed, and we'll, we'll show in his article, that's not the case. One of the women is back with him. I'm so glad we found this out earlier than later, though. Um, I'm going to talk to him when he gets back from paradise based on where things were when we he left, but only to tell him what we both know and that it's done moving forward. I'm so I'm sorry, though, because it is painful regardless to find this out. We didn't deserve this, and he definitely didn't deserve us. Now, my question is, I wonder if both women have consented to release this conversation or if it's just one of the ladies, because it could have been that he got back with one of them and they're back on good terms. I don't really know. We don't know their names. It's kind of nice that we don't know their names. It's kind of like we can read this as fan fiction and, you know, not have to like reach out to people's Instagrams. I'm sure someone could find out who they are, but we don't need to do that. It really does suck. You didn't deserve this. So they do the whole back. Uh, glad we have each other's back. We didn't deserve this type of thing. He said that, um, um, he said, uh, let's go back here. My dad said the same to me. I also feel the same. It's like everything I wondered about has been confirmed, but this is still way more extreme than I would have ever known. He was saying, I love you and all that starting last year. She said he's made for TV. That's why his responses always seem like they are BS and it's exactly what you want to hear. OMG, that's what my dad said too. Exactly. And my friends, OMG. He said, he said that, but only as a friendly matter. Oh okay. Um, no, definitely not. He was always saying he has a lot of love for me too. Well, saying someone has a lot of love for you isn't saying I love you, right? Not, not to, not to split hairs here. Clearly, there's a scenario, and then it ends with OMFG, which stands for Oh my fungal uh, gap, what an a hole! Wow, and that's where that story ends. And then we go to Genevieve's Instagram, and so far, no response from Genevieve, who is with. Um, uh, Aaron, as far as the season's concerned, there they are. Whether or not they're still together, I'm sure we'll get a response from her in one way or another because we know she has been very vocal about her experience on the show. And let me know what you guys think. Leave a comment. I mean, it's one of those things. It's like kind of rough to read this because it's just a lot of people sharing their notes. It might sound redundant, repetitive, and all that jazz, but it's interesting. So, um, Amy and Beth or Beth ran reached out to Reality Steve to run this story. So go to realitysteve.com to see the full information. 
Really, Steve says, I know people love to throw around that, well, there's three sides to every story, his side, her side, and the truth, but I'm sorry, not here. Two women having a conversation about Aaron while he's off filming Paradise in June, realizing they were both played by him. So, you know, you could look into it and how he's acting on the show and all that. If you would like continue, if you would like to continue seeing uh, Reality Steve's point of view on this, I highly suggest going to realitysteve.com where the source and story has originated. Always good to credit our uh, sources here for the work that they're doing because it ain't easy to put this all together. And I know a lot of people will stand on both sides saying it's good to warn others of someone who's you know, being manipulatory, playing the field. And then others might say, hey, let their private life stay private. I'm not really sure. These these, um, screen grabs weren't stolen. They were given to Reality Steve. So if there are more people in this sort of lover's tango that want to come out, they know who to find. And that's Reality Steve. I I just imagine he's got one of those large printers and he's just pinning up text messages with yarn going back and forth. I mean, it's very complicated. A very, I, I, I can imagine nowhere in, in, his, in his early youth would Reality Steve have thought this is what he'd be dealing with, but it's fascinating. And to his credit, it provides a, it provides a sort of canvas for a larger conversation about how to communicate with people as decent humans and when you're on a reality show you kind of get exposed in a way that you might not if you were just a uh, a traditional f boy as they're called and that's the crux folks right you go on a dating show to get infamy and then you get exposed in some cases for uh, not being a perfect citizen i think it's important we all remember nobody's perfect we're all doing the best with the information we have we all have deep-seated issues therapy is always a good thing and we're going to try our best moving forward and uh, i think that's a good place to live by what do you guys think all right we got several videos that we didn't get to in this podcast one of which was gabby uh windy uh, flirting with Vinny Guadagnino of Jersey Shore. And uh, if you want to go check that video out, it's on my YouTube. And there's a few other videos. I don't think we got to everything. So much content today, so much to talk about. So if you missed it, go over there and check that out. But this was your Bachelor Rush Hour. I've been Dave Neal, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.